The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with John Thomas Flynn, who is entirely responsible for its content. Welcome to Ask the CIO, SLED edition on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Now your host, John Thomas Flynn. Welcome, everyone. Recently, I attended the National Association of State Chief Information Officers Spring Conference at National Harbor just outside Washington, D.C., where I interviewed NACIO officials and state CIO attendees. My next guest was Ed Toner, Chief Information Officer for the state of Nebraska. I began by asking him if he was enjoying the conference. I, I'm enjoying it. Of course, I'm on the executive committee, so it started early for me. So I've been here all weekend. Oh, okay. So I, I feel like I feel like I've I've already been through an entire conference. <laughs> I would imagine for you, it's a it's a tough flight getting here. It's no it, uh, no nonstop. No, and it's it, and it's not easy. I uh, I used to work here up the street in Columbia, Maryland. And so I was so used to flying into Columbia from Omaha that I flew into BWI, which is a okay. total, total mistake. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm paying for it in taxi call, <laughs> in taxi rides. Yeah, it's a long way. It is. Uh, I actually live in Silver Spring, which is uh, uh, pretty far north of uh, D.C., you know, 10 miles or so. And BWI is easy, easy trip. But there's oh, yeah. so, 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 uh, so, uh, so, so many fewer planes going out of Baltimore, Washington, yeah. compared to yeah. Dulles or anyway. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> well, let's see. You've, uh, this is your, how many conferences have you been to at NACIO now? Well, four years, and I haven't missed a single one. Yeah, good so for you. I go to all the year-end, the mid-years, and then, of course, at NACIO, we have a CIO-only one, mm -hmm. uh, CIO Confidential, maybe, or mm -hmm. something like that, mm -hmm. where we all get in a room and complain yeah is that for all the cios or just the uh the, the officers so to speak all the cios no i didn't even know yeah. that yeah, yeah. Well, it's really nice it's yeah. it's a non uh you know advertised event mm -hmm. and it's usually in a you know pretty discreet place and we all just kind of talk That's everybody nice. gives a little five ten minute presentation about yeah. what they're doing at the state yeah so it's, it's a good yeah. a good learning set. so there's no no uh vendors no vendors oh right. that's, that would be very comfortable i would imagine yes. putting my CIO hat on right, again, right? Because uh, you know this is uh, this is quite the beauty contest when you've got 600 people here and 43 CIOs. It becomes a a real challenge, and you know, just finding people that you you don't even want to butter up or anything. You just want to you know meet them like new CIOs that come into town. Right. You used right. to you know you have the CIOs have the uh, different colored. What do you call that name badge? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna trade with you when this, when this is over. <laughs> Yeah, it's a year. You know, you know what we do in Nebraska. Yeah. So I'll just trade with yeah, you. Yeah, that's and, right. Uh, that, I can, I that, can, that way, you can answer all the questions. I can just point him to the podcast, right? <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> uh, we had an interesting speaker, Tim. Uh, what was his name? Tim, the guy we just listened to. Yeah. What was his last name? Was it Miller? Yeah, it was something. Sanders. Well, anyway, very something. interesting yeah. background uh, uh, for for an hour pitch. It was a pretty good kickoff. Uh, with some interesting stories about uh, cooperation versus collaboration, which yes. is an interesting, uh, an interesting point to make because it, obviously in a CIO's position, right, you've got. To, right. I think you have to have both. You have to have the cooperation, but you also need to. Uh, uh, you need to collaborate, but sometimes you've got to force force collaboration, it, it, if you will, it, it, because exactly. to, get, to get things done. Yeah, I know. Last night we uh, had. Uh, Three new CIOs, one from uh, 
Wisconsin, state of Washington, right? Yeah. Uh, Jim Weaver, yes. I think his yep. name is. Weaver. Very interesting. He was. It's it's funny. He told a story about how I think he's the fourth CIO in three years or something oh, yeah. out there. Yeah. They've had a lot of a lot of problems, and it's a very federated organization in Washington. Very spread out. And yes. Very difficult to uh, consolidate. And I said, well. I said to Rock Regan, who was sitting next to me, former CIO from Connecticut, uh, you can see, you can understand when he starts talking about the environment how there's been four CIOs in three years, how <laughs> difficult it is. And he, it didn't sound like his governor had the uh, – well, he did say he was a cabinet official, so that should give him some – Yeah, that, some, that helps. Yeah. I, I think they're about 50-50, right? I think there's about 25 that uh, report to the governor and about 25 that report to – Is that to, what it is? That's a good yeah. – you know, I, I wasn't sure of that. I know, I know Doug Robinson told me that uh, – all are appointed by the governor, but only a certain number right. had the actual cabinet uh, yeah. situation, which is nice. Yeah, it, really it, nice. it is. To have that direct seat at the table, Yeah, yeah it's very much like being on a board, right? Yeah. Where you get, uh, you know, you're at the same level as every agency director that is a cabinet mm -hmm. agency. And so uh, our governor um, specifically gives us, gives me time at those meetings, at his cabinet meetings to to talk technology. So mm -hmm. it's a great way to get the others um, input on how we're doing. It's a great way because they don't they don't mind telling me when things are going wrong either yeah, at that sure. cabinet meeting. So yeah. try to introduce new things that we're doing, new projects and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and of course we use, uh, we're kind of different. I think we, we do a lot of open houses mm -hmm. and we uh, show any type of technology that we think they, uh, they meaning the agencies, may be interested in. We just did a great one last week on VDI, and mm -hmm. I did not know we were going to have that mm -hmm. kind of demand. Huh. Over 100 people showed up Holy cow. to do the to uh, play with it a little bit. Mm -hmm. We had a demo mm -hmm. out there, and um, we're piloting 200 in our corrections mm -hmm. facilities. So You know, by the way, talking about technology, something came up the other day, and that's this whole issue of uh, 5G. Yes. Are you doing anything in Nebraska about it? Is it a little premature for the state folks to get involved in this, other than jurisdictional fights between right. locals and states? Uh, we did. Uh, we passed um, the bill to have the um, um, equipment put now on the city. that You can, you can put the uh, transmitters there mm -hmm. um, on uh, city property. I, I, I think they finally came, on a pro you know, came mm -hmm. up with a price for that. Uh, what we're finding, though, with 5G is that, uh, and act, you know, they call them the small cell mm -hmm. transmitters, uh, distance, right? It's a, yeah. It's a huge problem, you yeah. know. Our biggest problem that we want to solve in Nebraska is obviously a, a rural state. So we want to solve the rural broadband mm -hmm. issue. Uh, 5G, great technology, um, but it's not going to do anything for a farmer with, you know, a thousand yeah. acres. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. So there's the limitation, mm -hmm. right? It's not the it's not the fix. Yeah. I think um, it's mostly the big cities that seem to be the. Yep. And well, that's ev as evidenced by the vendors that are right. providing it. Of course, yeah. AT and T, Verizon, and so on. Right. It's great for you know when 100,000 fans come into Lincoln to mm -hmm. go to a football game. Well, mm -hmm. the 5G technology will be great. Yeah. Uh, and and be a really good use. So, uh, we finally got that passed. So <laughs> I think we're I think we're okay. Uh, uh, there, but yeah, the technology is good. But uh, like all technologies, it's got to it's got to grow a little bit. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, what else is going on in uh, Nebraska these days since we talked last? Well, you know, the the consolidation has led to other opportunities. Uh, one of the opportunities that we uh, found early in consolidation is 
when we moved all those servers in and we found out we had to find out what was on them of course we virtualized all of them we're about 90 percent virtualized now our goal is to get mm -hmm. get to 95 our real goal is 100 but i'll take 95 yeah. percent virtualization sure. um but we found that um a lot of the applications were um unknown by a lot of the agencies that had the applications so we're doing application portfolio management uh we're taking um our cues really from Gartner, their time model, where they, mm -hmm. you know, they have the two by two quadrants, right? Sure. So we've got the T for application that we're going to tolerate. It's very low as far as number of clients, but the technology is good. It's supported well. We've got backup. There's there's knowledge transfer, right. all that good stuff, and, and it's been architected fairly well. Then we've got the I for invest, and that's the quadrant that we are really concentrating on. That's uh, you know, those that have a large impact on either the um, citizens of Nebraska or maybe just the state uh, of Nebraska uh, agencies mm -hmm. and it's essential to their day-to-day -day operations mm -hmm. and we're going to you know and that's the invest quadrant and we we feel like okay what what is really needs to go in there we have a checklist and questions and things and then we've got the migrate uh, quadrant yeah. in the lower right uh, highly uh, critical application, lots of users, but they've got to get out of that quadrant because they're not architected correctly. Mm. And then we've got the E for eliminate. Now we've uh, categorized um, over a thousand applications. And one of the big results of that has been uh, more than 10% of them have been eliminated. Yeah. We found a lot that- No owner. No owner. <laughs> And unfortunately, there was still bills coming in, right? Oh, yeah. So we had to cut off the bills, and a lot of them we found from the other uh, interviews that we did. We actually have a team doing this, and they're saying, wait a minute, we already have one of these, right? So we're getting rid of, redundant, of all these redundant systems. Or they'll say, well, we don't like what we've got, and, and, and it's actually being turned on us. Mm -hmm. They'll say, okay, you're doing this inventory, so we don't like this application. What do you have that's similar? Yeah. And we're finding those similarities. Um, we had one application that was critical to an to a, uh, agency, um, and when they found out that, you know, they said, oh, this is critical. This, you know, this mm -hmm. is the one that every day we have to have it up and running 24-7. Well, <laughs> then we had one instance. So we ended up giving, getting them a second instance. Yeah. So we had them in the migrate. We moved them up. They they panicked. And actually, I got a phone call and said, hey, thanks so much. We did not know that we only had one instance. Well, what we did when we consolidated was if they in their data center had one instance, we put one instance in. Mm -hmm. We figured they had a reason for that. Yeah. And so we just replicated. Yeah. So now it's cleanup. Now it's, okay, let's make sure we architect it correctly. And then the other thing is sometimes they overdid it, right? And they have... They way over-architected the mm. solution, and so we're finding better, cheaper solutions yeah. for them or putting it on, you know, a, a virtual box in, yeah. in, in, you know, one data center versus yeah. two. Um, yeah. So uh, that's our big thing right now, which is opening up much more possibilities than we ever thought, of mm -hmm. course, because that goes into support, right? Mm -hmm. That goes into um, we're going to map right now. We're going to map those critical everything in that in – that, um, invest box which is critical we're mapping those services mm -hmm. so that we make sure that services that 100%. seems like such a, a, a logical exercise it, it is but very few people 
do it. Yeah, right. We did something similar to that with year 2000 when I was CIO in California, mm-hmm. ob- for obvious reasons. But we didn't do the rationalization. Right. We just counted them. You know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we didn't have time to do the other part. Yeah. But the other thing it reminds me of when, uh, when I was in Massachusetts, I was on the job about a couple months, and this fellow came in to see me, Joe. Uh, Joe Stein, I think his name was. Anyway, I said, what can I do for you, Joe? He says, I want to audit your phone bill. I go, what? He says, yeah. He says, I'm looking at your office, and there's a jack over there. There's a jack over there. You probably got two or three jacks behind your desk, and that wall looks temporary. There could be a jack in that wall. And I said, he said, do you ever see the phone bills you get? And I said, yeah, I actually do. I get the phone bill. We collected them all, and then we mail them out to each department. Right. And, of course, uh, in fact, we got the tape, then we got some Israeli firm that could uh, massage it and print it out by department. And we went out to the department. You know, nobody ever looked at it. If it wasn't extraordinarily different from the previous month, it just flew by. So anyway, make a long story short, about eight months from then, eight months from now, we got a, we got a check from 9X, which was the Arbach in New England, for $5 million dollars. $5 million they'd overcharged us. Because like you say, when people move and they're constantly oh, moving yeah? around, particularly in, le- in lease space, they wouldn't, you know, they may not cut off the phone. And, uh, you know, nobody really looked into it. So you got a check for $5 million. He got like 8%, I forget what the number yep. was. Well, the chairman of the board of 9X, which was the largest private sector employer in New England, was on the phone to Governor Weld and said, you know, I want Flynn fired for this. I had read a check for $5 million. I want Flynn out of there. And Weld, who was a, a friend as well as a, the governor, he said, you know, if you hadn't overcharged us, you wouldn't have had to write that check. So he stood up for me. But it was a touch and go there for a while. But it's interesting when you finally look at something and, and, and take, take time to examine it, how you can save a lot of money. It, it truly is the basics, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, a, a big project that we've already started off is going to replace all of our uh, phones with VoIP, mm-hmm. and you know we're getting a lot of people to go that are now we got to know where are all the phones. Yeah. Well, we're finding empty queues with phones, <laughs> and so I said to him, you know, a good way to cut your costs through the agencies is <laughs> if there's yeah. no one in a in a queue, don't put a phone in there, <laughs> right? And so uh, you know it's very much the same thing, yeah, right? We 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 yeah. just were caught up in firefighting reacting mode and we're not doing the basic things like taking inventory of what we've got. We'll take a short break now. You were listening to my earlier interview with Ed Toner, Chief Information Officer for the state of Nebraska. We'll be right back in a moment with interviews with other guests from the NACIO Spring Conference at National Harbor. You're listening to Ask the CIO Sled Edition on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. I'm John Thomas Flynn. When we need help, we turn to government. When government needs help, they turn to Federal News Network. Federal News Network. For news on the federal pay raise. To learn how other agencies handle IT modernization. To see how Congress funds my agency. For changes to my TRICARE benefits. For the latest on my security clearance. Federal News Network. Federal News Network. Helping feds meet their mission. Hi, this is Executive Editor Jason Miller, host of Ask the CIO. Check out my weekly conversations with agency CIOs, CISOs, and other high-level IT leaders. Find out what's on their minds as we examine the issues all IT offices have to tackle. Cyber, cloud, big data, IoT, consolidation, budget, and workforce. It's the talk of the IT community. 
Tune in Thursday mornings at 10 on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network, or subscribe to Ask the CIO on iTunes or Podcast One. Welcome back to Ask the CIO Sled Edition on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. I'm John Thomas Flynn. You're listening to interviews with attendees at the recent National Association of State Chief Information Officers Spring Conference at National Harbor outside of Washington, D.C. My next guest was Mark Raymond, CIO of the state of Connecticut. Mark is one of the longest-serving CIOs in the country. So we started with me asking him how such CIO longevity is quite unusual. Mark has been a CIO for how many years now? It'll be almost eight years. Eight years, so. A couple weeks. And you're up in the uh, longevity range of aren't you yes yeah uh, there's there's about three of us who are right in that eight year range okay yeah. okay yeah career is over it's usually two and a half three years for most folks particularly with the uh in a change in a you know changing governors changing parties etc but uh, mark has certainly weathered the storm and he's now one of the deans of uh, nasio's membership uh are you enjoying the conference I am. Yep. I think, you know, the NACIO conference brings, always brings great value to everyone who attends from uh, collaboration to sharing ideas to, you know, learning from each other and catching up with old friends. So it's, uh, it's, it's always a good time. Yeah, it sure is. And I, uh, uh, I, I think I enjoyed it more when I was a CIO, but it certainly, uh, it certainly is, a, is a, the centerpiece, really, of organizations for folks in the, in the CIO ranks for state government. Uh, although, you know, we see more and more. I just had, uh, in a few minutes ago, we had Lindsey Parker, who's the new C- CTO, Chief Technology Officer for Washington, D.C., and there's a number of other local government folks here. Uh, what do you like best about the conference now under the new, relatively new format we have? You know, I love meeting new companies and hearing what innovations that they are bringing into the space. Um, and I always go to each NACIO conference trying to learn two new things and to help someone in two areas yeah. that, you know, we may have uh, cracked the code and they need some help. So that, that's been a, a constant for me. Yeah, as a matter of fact, that, that is a very, a very valuable aspect to NACIO. And I think the way they've changed the format this year, having those... Uh, examples of the collaboration that our first keynote speaker talked about is really is really different and it's very informative and it's always nice to see somebody's done it before and done it well yeah. and uh, it's uh, uh, a different road bringing in the vendors to talk about their projects but it's a good one and I think it'll I think it will ensure uh, more more positive positive participation by the vendor vendorship, vendorship if you will what do you think Oh, you know, our, our partners uh, are a really important part of what we do in the space. We we don't have the resources to figure it out ourselves. So working collaboratively with our, our vendor partners is uh, uh, one of the keys to overall success in government and, and finding that right mix of, you know, having them help us with our mission and having us understand their needs and, and how that works on, on both sides for a workable relationship is uh you know, one of the things we get to explore here at NACIO, and I think that collaborative spirit has uh, continued for a long time. What did you think of the keynote this morning with uh, Tim Miller, was it? Uh, On collaboration. Yeah, the, the, the keynote was... Cooperative, cooperation versus collaboration. It was fabulous. It was yeah. a good mix of practical advice, uh, things that um, we should ha- have all known for a long time, and and sometimes need a reminder for, but also, um, you know, j- just uh, really practical ways to describe that you, you can't 
go forward as a lone wolf. You really need to bring a broad array of perspectives to solve some of the vexing problems that we have with us. Yeah, and, and certainly uh, in the role of a CIO, regardless of the CIO governance model you have, whether you're on the cabinet or whether you report to somebody that's on the cabinet, the important thing is that uh, that you do ha you have to you have to have both skills. Mm -hmm. You have to collaborate and you have to cooperate, and you certainly have to uh, to lead and get the others to fall in line. If you're really trying to make some changes and you've got a uh, embedded bureaucracy, if you will, around it makes it very very difficult. I think it was Upton Sinclair said it's very difficult to change someone's mind or change the way someone does things if their paycheck depends on the way they do it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of a convoluted way, but uh, you run into that in, uh, in government circles, I've always found, and you have to find ways. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, it's good to have a lot of arrows in the quiver, so to speak, to get that cooperation sure. and collaboration. Sometimes it's not, it's not readily available. Well, CIOs are at the nexus of government, you know, today. Um, each agency has its own mission, and yet there's very few organizations in government where someone sits and have a very broad perspective on, on the problems that we're facing. As we become more citizen-centric and more business-focused, um, you know, CIOs are an important um, collaborating force to bring groups together and focus us on uh, holistic problems. So, you know, a, a, a citizen, maybe a taxpayer, uh, maybe a, uh, a driver, maybe a social benefits uh, recipient, but um, we, from a technology perspective, we have the opportunity to have them be brought together and thought together in that way so that we can make their experience in interacting with us much more efficient. Mm -hmm. So you've been in uh, an office uh, almost eight years. What's the biggest change you've seen since you first got to uh, Hartford, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I've been in Connecticut all my life, so it, um, I'd say from a, a governmental perspective, the, the, the idea that um, there's a new normal of smaller government and leaning towards uh, citizen-focused and, and leveraging our resources um, the biggest recent change has been, you know, not it has been looking across the boundaries and, and redefining a mission to be a whole of government mission and not just an agency and a program mission. You know, that that uh, interest in that topic, the advancement of that topic, whether it's around identity management, security, or you know, programmatic outcomes, and the interplay between our agencies and, and their programs, I think has been the biggest change that we've seen mm -hmm. lately. With that, we'll have to conclude our program today. You are listening to my interview with Connecticut's Chief Information Officer, Mark Raymond, at the recent National Association of State Chief Information Officers Spring Conference at National Harbor. Thank you for listening. Content from this state and local program, which also includes curated news and original articles by yours truly and other more esteemed authors, is part of the recently expanded AskTheCIO.com. Hope you can join us again each Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time or listen to a podcast afterwards. Until then, bye for now. I'm John Thomas Flynn. You've been listening to Ask the CIO, Sled Edition with John Thomas Flynn on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Tune in Thursday mornings at 11 or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One.